Hello and thank you for downloading this episode of Discussing Documentaries with Rick Watson and me, Matt Wills. Today, we are talking about The Dissident. Uh, it's provided by Amazon. It's from the year 2021. The director is the Academy Award winning Brian Fogel. Now, he's the guy who did Icarus. Now, that is the most one of the most successful docs ever. And we reviewed that in episode 33. Uh, there's or no just money. look for the one that says Icarus next to it. You don't need to look at the numbers. I don't know. I, I like saying the numbers because I'm like, oh, we've done 33. Oh, brilliant. Because this will be... Timestamp it, Matt. By the time someone finds us when we actually advertise, we'll be on episode 3000 when I've been switched out like eight simple rules. <laughs> As, as another as another working colleague decides to have a disdain for my attitude for some reason. <laughs> and welcome to our new co-host, Dave Bailey. Oh, we love that guy. <laughs> um, here's the blurb. I will not on... be in it loud. <laughs> um, here's the blurb on this one. When journalist Jamal Khashoggi disappears in Istanbul, his fiance and dissidents around the world piece together the clues to a murder and explodes a global cover-up. It's been nominated for the Best Documentary at the 2021 BAFTA Awards. I'm guessing this is probably going to get an Oscar nod as well. Brian Fogel's got form, right? Icarus was award-winning. Um, Brian Fogel can make a documentary. Brian Fogel has learned his lesson because he stayed the fuck off camera he, he in did. this one. Um, He's already got Putin pissed off. Do you think he wants these guys exactly. on his case as well? He's doing a superpower at a time. Um, Listen, if Brian Fogel calls me, I'm patching it. There's no chance of answering, doesn't <laughs> Oh, what? Me and Kim Jong-il have got a fucking connection, have we? Get the fuck, Brian. <laughs> Now, this one is recommended by our Patreon supporter, who isn't Dale. So this was recommended by Sarah. Now, she's recommended this one because she wants to educate her fellow Newcastle uh, Newcastle United. It is Newcastle United, isn't it? No comment. That looks so yes. planned, but it wasn't. Uh, that was pretty the, funny. The, um, the soon-to-be championship club of Newcastle <laughs> United. I hope uh, you're fucking happy, Sarah. <laughs> Sarah. Um, Sarah, my bad. My right, bad. so... As a trope yeah. of discussion documentary, apparently we're really bad at cool, yeah, female women names. Women names, yeah, we can't do it. Um, now, Sarah is trying to educate young Rick uh, about uh, the, the bad Saudi Arabia regime. Um, and... If you do wish to recommend a documentary for, for us to watch, you can easily do it. Just sign up to the Patreon. If you have already, thank you. Um, or if we've released this just for the Patreon, ha suckers, have a pair of these to those who can't hear this. Wait a minute. They're parasites, Rick. Parasites, the one who are just freebies. Fucking parasites. But thank you for your continuing support. <laughs> We're doing now, today's offering is Rick's got some skin in the game here because Rick has been saying for the last nine months. Um, I've chilled out on that a little bit if you go back through. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, since yeah, yeah. we bulk recorded the first bunch, it may have seemed like I was talking about it an awful lot because I was very excited around about August, September time. Um, the funniest bit I remember you saying, and it still tickles me, is in Chicken People, 
was where you were talking about you couldn't look at the chicken because it reminds you of the headscarf that the Saudis wear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we just I, I, we finished recording one, and then we were doing one a day at the time, yeah. and then we were super excited about getting these new mega rich orders, and then we got the message to say the deal had been pulled, and then I had to sit and watch fucking chicken people. That was very funny. So what Rick's talking about there is, so Newcastle United, and this is why Rick's got skin in the game. Newcastle United Football Club were going to be bought by the king of Saudi Arabia, who, I mean, they've got a little bit of cash, right? And effectively, that would mean that Rick's team is no longer shit. Yeah. So um, it didn't happen. Here we are, eight months later or nine months later, Rick Lead us in on this one, mate, because uh, this is Sarah torturing you. And uh, Sarah is just just to point out, Sarah is one of my favourite people on the planet. I, there's not a day goes by where I don't think about her or miss her. Um, she's not dead; she's just in another country. And well, well, if our if our WhatsApps have been read, who knows what's <laughs> going to happen if she goes into a consulate? <laughs> um, but if you want to torture me or Rick like Sarah did, yeah, sign up for the £10 a month Patreon and you get to recommend some documentaries. Although if we have thousands of you, we're going to have to rethink that because... No, I, for that for that amount of cash, I'll do 40 a day. I'll watch <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I right, will so... go through, like, you know, those, like, the history of World War One, And then <laughs> this guy comes in and he looks a little bit like someone from... We're just going to have a continued live stream of me and you watching telly. That's all it's going to be. I've now got Matt's missus's number, so it's not to give him snacks during the day so he can record on time. <laughs> Did you see that picture of that thing I sent you? My sister got me that for Christmas. It's They're, they're biscuits, right? But they're biscuits that have been... It's my favourite biscuit, and they've been crushed up into a jar and turned into spread. And I was spreading it on the biscuits until I ran out of the biscuits. <laughs> It's the biscoffy. It's the coffee biscuits, isn't it? Because they're lush. They're like proper little sugary, sugary biscuits. Biscoffy oh, or biscoff or something like that. They're like that, but it's not actually... Uh, yes, it's a biscoff lotus biscuit from Germany. The biscoff lotus, yeah. yeah. That's the world's best biscuit. When I saw that spread, and we will get to this horror and documentary in a second. We will get to it, yeah. We have touched upon one of the few things I know about, which is biscuits. Um <laughs> When I saw that they've crushed up the biscuits and they've made it into spread, it made me think of, you know, the marketing exec that's going like, do you know what? We dropped so many of these fucking biscuits on the floor, the crumbs are everywhere, and it's just waste. Why don't we stick them in peanut butter? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like when Polo started selling the holes. The guy was just like, <laughs> wait. We've got an idea, guys. Aren't they smints? <laughs> Shut up, Ian. We're, we're a yes company over here, not a problem company. We're a solutions-based company. You'll never make it in Silicon Valley. Get this out. Is, I mean, this is me getting fired from the polo factory, another dream job I had. <laughs> what happened? I was just trying to help. I just... This is Rick. He's an ideas guy. Um, just, I'm an ideas guy. Don't, don't ask me to follow up with work ethic and commitment. I just... Yeah, that's Matt's job. That's his department. Fucking knock that over to him. But I had this Biscoffy. Uh, it's not Biscoffy, is it? Is it Biscoffy? You just said, my fucking memory is awful, isn't it? It is Biscoff. So I had this Biscoff crunchy spread um, in some Ambrosia cream rice pudding. Yeah, that was my lunchtime snack. Um, it it didn't help get me through this documentary because this documentary is this is the second day in a row we've done a miserable documentary. 
because well this is what this chat right now is a bit like do you know in casino when they're doing a wiretap and they can't listen for so long if it's not pertinent information <laughs> so this is like when the prince checks out that his name's cropped up somewhere they're like it's all right they're talking about biscuits and then we can start talking about what happens on this they have to click off every 30 30 seconds or so <laughs> So lead us in, Rick. Just give, give us the well, general right. synopsis. This is this is a one that I, I I honestly, when I heard it was coming out, which I did hear it was coming out in September time-ish, uh, I didn't fucking want to do it. <laughs> I didn't. I honestly didn't. This is, I don't know. I, I, I just didn't, didn't really want to sit and learn this stuff. I'd rather be in blissful ignorance. I'm, the I'm, death of Jamal Kasogi. Actually, having because I'll be honest with you, I didn't know anything about it because I've stopped watching the news until Sarah said, you've got to tell Rick about Khashoggi. And I went, well, here's the thing. Who's Khashoggi? I went into such a rabbit hole regarding the Newcastle United takeover. I'm actually subscribed to the fucking Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, royal letters that come out, the House of Saud. Um, I looked up shit every day. I practically learned how to speak that language in order. To work out where they are along in the process of the takeover. <laughs> um, so if you don't think my internet algorithms come along with fucking Saudi Arabian information every five minutes, you got something like, and it was a case of everything else. I was just like, why did they have to kill the fucking journalists? <laughs> well, that's, we'll get to that later, but I think that's that's the question we've got to cover at the end. Why, why would they? Well, when the documentary starts, because obviously I'm still hanging out a little bit of hope. A little bit of hope that this still may go through. The arbitration what? courts for Newcastle United are in are in court now. I follow the um, the lawyer Nick DeMarco on Twitter. <laughs> don't think I'm not in on this. Don't think if my, if if something happens about the Newcastle United takeover, my phone farts out information to us about it because oh they know I click word. on it. The so, only time I've ever seen you work this hard was when you were convincing me to do the jinx. <laughs> Jesus. So, so I believe me. I I was just like, okay, let's just hope this isn't too uh, obvious. And then then the start with that eerie music at the beginning. I'm like, well, they clearly have an agenda. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, just give us the general synopsis of the doc and what and what happens to Khashoggi. Pretty much follows the story of what happens to Jamal Khashoggi. Jamal Khashoggi was, uh, I think, he worked for the Royals at one point, and he then did, he was a yeah. journalist. Yep. He was like a spokesperson for them, and then yeah. he started speaking out. He sort of fled the country. That's Saudi Arabia, yep. Yeah, fled Saudi Arabia um, for speaking out against the regime because it, a couple of years ago, they started to try and have this whole new... Um, oh, what's the word for it? Not repression, the other thing. Um, yeah, reforms. They tried to reform. Reform, reform. reform. yeah, reform sorry. So it's they... not a word we hear a lot in our documentaries. <laughs> Um, so they did a whole bunch of stuff and it came in my world in a certain uh, amount of different obviously there was the Newcastle thing but MBS has been um, linked with takeovers of say Manchester United and, yeah. and a few others as well but um, the wrestling WWE they um, got booked uh, they got like a 10 like a billion pound deal to do 10 shows over 10 years in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia oh wow and when you went out there they were the biggest stadiums you were like that was just ostentatious it was mental but the thing was, they put the royal family in the front rows who didn't give a fuck about wrestling. So you had all, like, the biggest stadiums you've ever seen, they were just massive, like, beyond any World Cup thing, beyond anything like that. And it was just 
gargantuan the size of this. And then this is all before the Newcastle takeover. So this all went in my head during the takeover yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, of course. Um, and what? And then so year- with the Saudis going to these wrestling matches then? Yeah, the because the, the Saudi people are like any other repressed country. They get certain amounts of TV. They're huge fans. They're regular people. Do you know what I mean? They're yeah. just a different religion in, in, in a repressed culture where they don't get a whole lot of news. Well, and but, 80% of them are on Twitter. I mean, that is a staggering the, amount, right? Because only 20% they, of Americans are. Yeah, that was a good little fact in it. And so yeah. during these wrestling events, they also started to do adverts for Prince MBS and how things like women are allowed to drive now and stuff like that. And this is what they're pushing. They're pushing a new image for Saudi Arabia and they're all getting like huge investment and stuff like that. Yeah. But there is a story. There is a story of what happened to the wrestlers, right? There's, there's a fascinating thing that happened. So there's an argument between... Vince McMahon and the Prince of Saudi Arabia about the cash being transferred and when it gets transferred. So Vince McMahon is a power move, switches off the feed to Saudi Arabia. So I'm getting so you can get it on the network, the WWE network, but they're not getting it in Saudi Arabia. So once Vince McMahon he jumps he jumps ship on his private jet after the show, pretty sharpish because he has to get back to America and start the show for the next day. The Saudis grounded the plane and it's the first time like eighty percent of the wrestlers missed the next night's show. They grounded them on the tarmac and held them on a plane for 23 hours. They're not allowed to talk about it. They're not allowed to tweet about it. Many of them are refusing to go back for the future shows because you better believe they're still taking the money off the Saudis. And this, and then around this time, because they had one show in Saudi, then they killed Kasogi. And then um, it was funny because The Undertaker came back. Like a big thing, like the guy from who's been doing it 20 years, the old legend. This is the Undertaker, have... the wrestler. Just to, You can't and say he... they killed Shikoki and then the Undertaker came back. <laughs> That'd be great if he came back with an urn. But right, yeah. so um, he's in the ring and he mentions that he's fighting in Saudi Arabia and the audience goes mental, booed the shit out of the WWE because <gasps> everyone else pulled their business. The UFC had business there. Um, regular companies that I don't watch the sport of had huge amounts of companies there, and they all walked away except for WWE. So WWE had terrible fucking like PR off the back of still going. Yeah. And from from that point on, they never mentioned the words Saudi Arabia again. They just said the name of the town or the name of the pay per view. Crown Jewel is what the pay per view was called. Right. Okay. So, but when you see just the the cash thrown at them and be like, well. That's going to improve Newcastle United's back four if they get in charge. Do you know what I mean? You just got that in your mind. I don't. But, even, I don't know if it will, but yeah, maybe it would. Um, but but just just Matt, tell I us guarantee the general... if <laughs> you think... I guarantee it. Right, it is a numbers game by where you finish in the league to what wages you pay. If you don't think Thomas Suchek's going to a club that's going to pay him a hundred k extra within two years, you're a madman. And I've got David a lot of Moyes respect gonna... for you, Rick. Back the fuck away from Suchek. David Moyes is going to be the next. <laughs> David Moyes is going to be the next Spurs manager. Sacks because <laughs> turns out he got lucky with a really good team one year. Anyway, we have talked for a long time for getting into this yeah. document. So tell me about Jamal Khashoggi. Just give us the general gist on the doc. I know I've told it, said it in the blurb, but yeah, yeah. So he um, he, he flees Saudi Arabia because he speaks out about the crown, yep. and that doesn't that does not go down well in one of these countries no. at all. He's living in America, I believe, working for the Washington Post. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, he wants to. He has to divorce his family because they're not allowed out the country. Or God, he has like to that. divorce Divor- his wife. Yeah, yeah, because he divorced yeah, he his wife, flee. his yeah. family. So he doesn't and get them in trouble, right? To marry his then fi- his fiance. Her full name is Hatice Sengiz. Uh, Hatice Sengiz. Um, 
who wants to wants to marry her and they don't want a big do so basically they have to get a document from the Saudi Arabian embassy in Turkey yep. to prove that he's no longer married this is 2018 October they say come back in a few days time yeah really nice to him um he comes back and there's 15 Saudi Saudi officials which have landed in Turkey on royal jets, state yeah. diplomatic clearance, yeah. and they also have recordings of him being killed. Yeah, and uh, they kill him. His missus waits outside for 12 hours. Um, if if that was in England, she wouldn't have questioned it, would she? But she's like, hang on, you know, because Turkey don't have a queuing problem. But yeah, she's like, hang on. She phones up a journalist and then all hell breaks loose and... Here we go. We've got the documentary a couple of years later of exactly what did happen to Jamal Khashoggi when he went into the when he went into the embassy. And it is a brutal documentary. It is it's it's a hard tough watch, right? It's a really yeah. tough watch. It's Yeah, really good. I think it, it <laughs> it's really good. But tough. You're like, really, oh, yeah. don't teach me this. What the whole world is against us. Oh, leave it out. No. <laughs> um but let, let's give some um, let's so effectively the Saudi royal family are implicated in this murder and that's what the documentary is about now I've met a few of the Saudi royal family right so I feel it will be good podcast and journalist etiquette to give them a little bit of a balanced view right so yeah. let what's that well I've met them I was a bellboy in a hotel for years and uh, that's the hotel they used. So I've met a few of these people. Um, and, you know, they're really good tippers. I imagine they are. <laughs> really I imagine they are. Um, I, I don't remember much else about them, but they tipped incredibly well. I tell you what, it, it, I had to go and get a bone saw at three in the morning, but <laughs> you know, they gave me a 20, 20, a crisp. Crisp twenty pound note for doing it. They, they did. They they tip very very well. Um, and also, I there was a guest we used to have who lived in Saudi Arabia, and he would come over. He would stay at the Saudi because we had a hotel in Saudi Arabia, um, the same brand, and he would live there. And he would live in our hotel. And he was an oil guy. Um, and yeah, he tipped me when I left. I mean, he would tip me all the time anyway. But on the day I was leaving, he went. I think you're awesome. He gave me a red note, which was at the time fifty pounds. Wow! That, listen, that was that was a lot of money to get as a tip. No, no, no! Like, like, wow! Yeah, if, if, if I got that I've, now, I'd still be impressed. You know, if if you think I've held many red notes, you've got another right, thing coming yeah. there, Matt. All right. Yeah, Mister McCall, his name was. He was just the loveliest fella. Anyway. I'm just giving a balanced view on the Saudi royal family because we're just about to talk about them in not such well, a nice I think, way. I think it's a very pertinent uh, bit of information because these are the people that can grease the wheels into fucking anywhere, aren't they? Quite yeah. frankly. Yeah. Um, there were bits of this documentary I just didn't understand. So effectively, he goes into the, the embassy. He doesn't come out. His missus speaks to a reporter. All hell breaks loose. And then the Turkish police get involved. and. You've got to fucking doff your cap to the Turkish police because they, those guys get an investigation done, don't they? Yeah. Well, I mean, they really did. They wasn't initially allowed into the embassy, but then they were like, yeah, look, we got to come in. We know, strictly speaking, even though it's in Turkey, it's not Turkish land, is it? It's actually Saudi Arabian land. It's the equivalent of Saudi Arabia 
and same as the yeah. same yeah. as the British consulate. That's that's actually British territory that the land's yeah. on. Yeah. I already know that via the Simpsons when they go to Australia. Right. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything the Simpsons hasn't taught us? Well, unfortunately, that doesn't mean I know everything. I've just seen all of The Simpsons. <laughs> I know very little, but I've seen a lot of The Simpsons. <laughs> so um, they go into the Saudi monarch backstory. They own half of the world, world's oil. Um, I, actually, it's 80% of the world's oil. 80%, 80% of the world's oil. You telling me Newcastle wouldn't be in the Champions League if that happened in the summer? Because I guarantee. Yeah, maybe. But anyway. Back to true facts and horrific <laughs> and crimes. Misery, yes. <laughs> Can I just say, Mike Ashley actually employs below human rights work ethics as well. So, yeah, but he's no Saudi, is he? That's uh... yeah. He doesn't tip like a Saudi. That's the difference. Um, yeah, so I haven't met uh, Mike Ashley yet, but give it time. You you see footage of them going around the um, around the Saudi embassy, uh, and they're like, "Do you know when something smells suspiciously clean?" Because they just said we have him in custody, yeah. and like we have your CCTV footage, he hasn't left this building. We so have to come in. He? Yeah. So where is he? And they went and what one goes, something smells suspiciously clean, and then they put that blue light on, which they're using CSI, and yeah. it's basically just like an outline of blood. You're like, oh, you fucking animals. Well, it's like, blood, or someone's ejaculated a lot, right? That's what it is. Because there's a lot of it. Yeah. A um, little bit of history on Saudi Arabia. So um, Abdulaziz Ibn Saud ruled from 1932 to 1953. He had about 37 sons or so. What What does no one know? What do they stop counting after 15? What What's the What's the rule here? Well, the funny thing is, there was like the power grab that MBS did. So he basically rounded them all up and then locked them into the Ritz. Yes. And held them there for like 60 days until they signed over all their land, power, and companies. Yeah, and these were billionaires, right, who were basically mm-hmm. locked up. I mean, in the Ritz, admittedly, but, you know, locked up is locked up. i tell you what. I think Big Brother would be a hell of a fucking better if that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> if, you were to, if you were to lock 100 billionaires in until they each fucking tapped out. I've would... watched that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Um so MBS, who we're talking about, is King Mohammed bin Salman, and he's the current king. Um, I, I love that we all... It, yeah, he's MBS. We all know that means. Um, well, that's, that, again, goes to that um, marketing they did. They did, a, did do an aggressive marketing campaign of the reform of trying to put a positive face on the kingdom. Yeah. The problem is they're batshit crazy. <laughs> like They are, yeah. Um, yeah, they are a little bit mental. So... Uh, another the, the facts that you're peppered with throughout this documentary. So the Arab Spring started in 2011, and then a few years later it was crushed. And Jamal Khashoggi said it was crushed by the Saudi Arabians, the regime, and because they're scared of anti-change. Yeah, because they well they've been in power for near on a hundred years, right? So yeah, like you said, it's a dictatorship over there. Wait, tell you what, you try and get the people of the fucking shiny hat in this country out, see what happens. <laughs> yeah, so we've got a royal family. The only difference is they, they, they. I mean, don't get me wrong, they, they just collect the money and sit in the fancy houses, and a few of them like children a little bit too much. But if they had a bit more of a political, um, because they didn't have they abstain from parliament until they want something to happen, then it happens. That's kind of how they they yeah, operate. Basically, yeah. Woo. 
Rule Britannia. Do you remember that song as a kid when you waved flags and had bunting? <laughs> Dick. Um, so Khashoggi spoke out against the regime and that's why he had to leg it. But here's my problem with democracy. Once the Arabs got democracy, so, you know, Tunisia, Egypt, etc., they're fucked. Because they then can't go and with their machine guns and go and go, oh, we want you out. They're like, well, you voted us in because we can't go and kick out the current government, can we? We're like, well, we, actually, you were voted in. It doesn't matter if I voted for you or not because it's de- democratic. So they are my government. We, we whether counted I voted the votes in that box we gave you and it definitely said that I won. The other guy, unfortunately, committed a lot of crimes that won't go to trial and he's in jail. Because that's actually what happened in Egypt. The guy who ran against the uh, the main regime was jailed for five years. He's a, he's a talking head on the documentary. And if these people spoke English and had easier to pronounce names, it would be a lot easier to do this fucking podcast. <laughs> because there are some like important fucking figures within it, but you're like, sorry. There's a, lot, I, there's a lot of talking heads in this, a lot. I think the same amount of uh, lactose intolerance I have, which is about 11%-ish, so like if I have too much milk or too much dairy, I've got a problem, is the same amount of dyslexia I have. So it took me about... Right. <laughs> took me about three quarters of the fucking documentary to see one of the main protagonists, Omar, to learn his name. Yes, so he is um, so he is Omar Abdulaziz. Now, I mean, his story is just tragic, but him and Khashoggi were mates and Khashoggi started following him on Twitter. Now, Omar only had 100 followers on Twitter and apparently the Saudi government are not worried about him slagging them down because he only had 100 followers. So I reckon we'll probably be all right on this podcast, Rick. We could say what the fuck we like, right? Because... <laughs> Sarah better watch out, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's got more followers than us. Um, so he basically then sets up a YouTube channel and he starts getting pretty big and Khashoggi went, oh, we can do something with this. We can really have a go at the Saudi royal family. And basically all Khashoggi is doing every single time is all the articles he's writing for the Washington Post. They're just nails in his coffin, right? Yeah. And and there's the thing of um, then you see the MBS is creating. So like you see the room they have of like they've basically created the Twitter troll army. Yeah, so if, like, if to silence the dissident voices, yeah. 200 people that are all controlling 20 accounts and anything that goes out just gets jumped on, lampooned. Yeah. And they're called the flies. Yes. And um, it's just, you know, then these these are world opinions being formed of sort in the social dilemma. We've seen yeah. traits of everything that's going on in this world is like a manipulation of this propaganda machine of how I don't even know how to, to talk about it. It's just the false narrative put forward and the amount of people that see it on face value and walk through it. Yes. Yeah. Just yeah. become so powerful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's George Orwell, right, from his grave going, I fucking warned you. I warned you. I wrote about this in the 50s. I warned you all, and you've done nothing about it. You walked into it because you could have Tetris and a camera on your phone. You fucking idiots. I think George Orwell might have been Alex Jones with a degree. Yeah, maybe, right? Because Alex Jones is famous. That's the fucking, the globalists are coming. Uh, that's the uh, the conspiracy guy. He basically Gay predicted, yeah, he predicted uh, a nine eleven style attack in some form or other every day for nineteen years, and then nine eleven happened, and they just showed told the clip you of so. Him predicting I told that. you, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the 
Twitter in Saudi Arabia is referred to as the parliament of the public because there's so many of them on it. And that's yeah, why so an, MBS wants to control it. And in America, because their TVs stay at run. Um, yes. Because it gets yeah, to yeah. the end, that's an important yeah, fact yeah. to it. But in, in America, 20% of usership is on Twitter, whereas in Saudi Arabia, 80%. Is. Yeah. So the Saudi consulate, on the day that Khashoggi went back to pick up his I'm definitely not married to anyone else certificate, which seems, that seems a weird certificate, doesn't it? Is this a um, is that a Muslim thing that I don't understand? No, it's a legal thing. I've never heard that. Thing. What? So you'd have Could, well, I imagine like a decree he wasn't getting his, I imagine he wasn't getting his mail sent from fucking Saudi Arabia. Do you know what I mean? I think there is some kind of things of is this definitely an old because he did whatever that had to happen, so his family's fine. He's he's kind of the same way the Russian dude had to leave his family in Gregory America. Gregory Rodchenko. That's that's the one. Um, Episode. Uh, what is it? Episode the, 33? Yeah, Icarus. <laughs> or the Icarus episode, yes. Do, do you not think uh, Khashoggi looked like Grigory Rochenko? They had the if similar only build. he could run that fast. <laughs> <laughs> the little pot belly, the he little He just beard. didn't have the cardio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, right, where are we? So, on the day that Khashoggi was killed, 70 pounds of meat was ordered for the consulate and they believe that they burnt the meat along with his body to cover up the smell. Man, and every part of it's just awful. Like it, there yes, is, yeah, the like, detail what? it goes into because it's literally it's like fifty percent the murder of Khashoggi, and that goes into a fascinating depth of true crime and everything you yeah, like to see. Yeah, yeah, from the investigation to like there's audio of it. But how? How did they get the? How did I they get the rooms- audio? I think the rooms are bugged in those ones. But, I, I think. But the, why would the Saudi consulate release the tapes? Because I don't think they thought they would have to. There's an arrogance involved. There's like there's a fucking guy with a crown making decisions of people disappearing. There's stuff he doesn't think's going to come back to him. Because you you get transcripts. They've got transcripts of everything that was said when they killed this man. Even I think they've got the audio, but obviously it's they not in got English. They have the audio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like they're going to be speaking. I mean, there's a Geordie in there going, get off us! There we <laughs> but I had, I, it's the fact that they got that and that hmm. they had that in this documentary. I, yeah, that's the bit I didn't understand. Like, how, how the hell did they get that? Um, and, and they sure the corpse was moved to a, a, a consulate official's house, the council official's house or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, they find the tandoori oven, which was used to burn the body. There's a well. Yeah. And they went, we want to have a look in the well. I went, no, you're not allowed to look in the well as per our agreement, which is like, we need to search your house. You can search everywhere, except for the massive well in my basement. <laughs> you're not allowed. No, you can't look under the patio, said Fred West. If, if it was up to me, I'd let you, but the missus is very particular <laughs> on who goes down the well. All right. Um. So Omar Abdul, Dulaziz starts his YouTube channel and effectively he starts getting popular. So then the Saudi royal family contact him and say, yeah, you can come home. Set up a set up a uh, yeah. TV channel this here. This is before Jamal was murdered as well. Yeah. So, and Jamal's so he's like, got... don't trust him. Don't yeah. fucking Jamal's trust like, him. Fuck them guys because they're like, yeah, because they've got the audio too because he recorded their conversations with them. Yeah. They come over to meet him and said, no, the listen, you call are protected. They go, look, you're protected. Prince loves you. All yeah. right. And then they go over 
And they're like, listen, we want to come over and meet you, but we'd like to bring your brother with you. He's a, he's a really, your brother's a really great guy. Doesn't really understand the magnitude of what's going on, your brother. And the funny this thing is for that is... This is mafioso-style intimidation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's terrifying. It's, the, um, it's Godfather 2 when he just has to look at his brother in the car and then he doesn't grasp them up to, to Congress. Yes. The guy yeah, who slashes yeah, yeah. his wrist yeah, at the yeah, end yeah. just has to his brother. Yeah. But um so they go over and it's like the interview, do you know the Seth Rogan James Franco movie? So yes. they bring over like <laughs> yeah. they bring over their parky, their Parkinson fucking Piers Morgan, their fucking Jeremy Clark, whatever you want, their state run chat yeah. show host to be like, Listen, if you come over you'll have your own show. You can say MBS. whatever you like. You know what? No so censorship. He is such a fan of you saying he's a despot. He, he loves it. <laughs> loves it every night, watches it. A month later, his brother and tw- oh, both his brothers and twenty-two of his friends all arrested. This is what cracked me up because just say that happened to me, right? If if I mean, me brother, I don't know how you do in jail. He's a bit sarky. But for twenty, <laughs> if you were to arrest, if I was like on the lam from Saudi Arabia, and they went, let's arrest twenty-three of his friends after number ten. That's a mild acquaintance. Who has 23 close friends? So there is someone. Yeah. Good, like, good like if you arrested yeah, yeah. the 23 people closest to me, the 22nd person would be Matt's cat. <laughs> 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 yeah, what? That guy? Where went you for what he's doing? Button scores much higher up on there. Um, yeah, that's a, that is a fucking good shout, right? 23, like, mild acquaintances. Yeah, I probably know six people. Right, yeah. who I genuinely spend time with, who I'd call my friends. Right, yeah. Everyone else, that's just a person on Facebook who I'm, who I'm keeping in touch with in case I need a kidney one day. Right, because you never know. Right? Um, he then uh, he says he's he's lonely and he meets. Well, he's um, working for the Washington Post at this time. Oh, and I forgot yeah. to mention because this guy's peppered into it as as a character. Um, do you know when he's got all the royals locked up in the Ritz? Yep, MBS. Donald Trump come Donald Trump comes out and praises him for it and says, "There's a new sheriff in." <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't Trump say something like, "Well, you know, families, you can't get involved." Yeah. Hey, do you know what? I I admire his efforts to this. Uh, he's a yeah. secondhand car salesman. He's a fucking boob. That guy. How are we ever got in? It's amazing. But... Um. So yeah, Khashoggi's lonely, right? So he's had to give up his children. He's had to give up his missus. So he says to his mate, he goes, look, I'm, a, I'm lonely. So his mate sets him up to meet a woman and they do it in such a Victorian fashion. So there's chaperones and everything. And then he says, let's take this to the next level. Now, the next level to me, I don't know about you, Rick, but it's, I don't know, it's probably a hand job in the back of a car. I don't know, maybe a, you know. Maybe smoke a joint together, have a laugh. That's oh, the next if level. You think, if you think I'm making jokes on the serious subject, you've got another thing coming. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the next level to him is marriage. When, when does that become the next level? I think it's a watered-down version of their romantic relationship. Do you know I mean, they're two intellectual people who, who get together. There's not going to be too many great stories which can even scratch the surface on what we're watching now. There's fucking princes taking over the world and... Yeah. And fucking death squads flying into embassies and chopping people up. You can't be like, do you know what? It, it's when we went to uh, Nando's. 
That's, <laughs> that was the next level. And for then me. he did this impression of a TV show I watched as a child, and I thought, <laughs> yeah, like you can't, you can't. It just doesn't add up. So yeah, they they had because like, there's a 25 year age gap between them. He goes to see her dad, and he turns around to his daughter, right, the dad, and he went, "He's a lot older than you, love." And they went, "Yeah, but legally it's okay. So let's get married." Well, hang on, that's. I'm still against old men marrying young ladies. Well, I think the reason why that's included, because again, I have followed the Saudi story to quite a far extent for me, for something that I would pay attention. Now, we find out in a minute, which we will get to why this probably was, but there was a lot of information being released that uh, she was a spy and not really his fiance. Oh, okay. All right. And and, uh, the one thing that did kind of upset me from Newcastle United fans. When she spoke up about the fucking takeover, she got a lot of shit off Toon fans. She got, she had like, the, yeah, I mean, if you I imagine remember like that. The, I do remember the, that. The geopolitical landscape and the death and the life involved and there's moving parts and there's people going, will you shut the fuck up? <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to get this through. <laughs> we want to sign Kevin De Bruyne. Yet. Shut it up, woman. <laughs> will you shut your face with a new Holden Road midfielder? <laughs> <laughs> and it was that level. You can tell someone angrily typed that on Twitter while eating a Greg's. <laughs> and this poor woman, right? This poor woman has got a strength that I just couldn't, I couldn't even contemplate having. So, right, before he's killed, he's working with Omar Abdulaziz and they create a counter army against the flies known as the bees. And they promote and, you know, they champion the truth. And they get their hashtags pushed to the top of the agenda, even in Saudi Arabia. Well, this is when it goes to show just how massive it is. They don't. They, they've got, they've got like uh, 500 people operating 80 accounts. And no matter what they do, they can't get their message across. It's just drowned out. Anything in Saudi, you have like a fucking factory of people tweeting and tweeting and tweeting and tweeting. And I think it was good that you showed the footage of them doing that because people don't quite believe it. You go, oh, there's Russian bots creating this happening in America or this propaganda machine. And then when you see it for real. Yes. And again, it sheds a light on it. Again, these these document, doc- documentaries have, have social import. And they will have um, each person. So, you know, they might have a, a team of three, 400 people in the Saudi Arabian army, Twitter army doing this. They'll each have, you know, 20 plus Twitter accounts each, at least. And they're all backing one another up, aren't they? So that hashtag, you know, the way the Twitter then, logarithm works, is like, oh, fucking you'll, hell. You'll also Effectively, catch along the people who agree with it. Not, like, that's their yeah. way inclined, and then it blows up. Well, it up, must be true because it's, it's on Twitter, and it's trending. So, look, all of, these, all of these people are saying it's true. It can't not be true. Basically, we, we need a Twitter army. Rick, to, to push this documentary podcast thing. We need, Otherwise, we, we're going to be working in corals together, and I'm not looking forward to it. I've retired, Matt. I will go hungry before I do that again. Yeah. Um, oh, we, we, I'm not good at maths. I've, co- I've created problems for myself. I'm bad at maths. I've, I've, I've fucking killed a few times working in bookies. <laughs> um, his fiance Hattie Sengiz, she basically says... Look, we were choosing apartments. He was furnishing the apartment. I couldn't believe how happy his lazy boy chair made him. Same one I've got. 
Yep. Rick, why don't you handle Devil. this one? Why don't you... Uh, it's, it's great. It's got a little U- sell it to us, Rick. Come on. It's, it's got it's got a little USB thing on the side so you can plug your ear pen in. It's fucking excellent. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to actually do the movement because it's all electronic, right? So it's got a motor in there. <laughs> the problem is it now... I carried There's that something... thing off the back of a van. It's really heavy. Oh, I forgot you did that. God bless you for doing that. I had to stay behind in London and get dressed down by my former landlord for being <laughs> <laughs> when it was being a fucking cock. I had did I ever to... tell you I took a dive during that? Just a little side story during the, this the so we're talking no, about my move. So basically, uh, when Matt helped me move up, he very kindly took my reactive dog, my girlfriend, and he drove the van up to the new place in the northeast. I stayed behind to do the the handover with the landlord the next day. Um, He turns up late. Um, My mate, bless him, had sat on his car keys and electronically taken his windows down overnight so his car filled with water. So he sat in a wet car waiting for us. And I'm like, this shouldn't be too long. We've... We'd we'd hired cleaners. We got the we got the carpets done. We did everything we possibly can, but there was a lot of shit that didn't fit in the van. So I'm like, if he doesn't look in the shed, we're fine. All right, we'll get through. <laughs> and uh, the first thing he does, he gans under the stairs and he pulls out like just a roll of duct tape and goes, "Well, that can go with you." And I'm like, "Oh my god, it's got to be this level of a thing." Oh, do you know when Andy Dufresne gets his cell tossed yeah. in Shawshank? That's what it felt like. It, it went through every nook, every cranny of it. If anyone actually owns property, rents it out, they're thinking I'm a dick right now. But this guy was only fucking retentive. And um, he went through everything. He went through, uh, and he went like behind areas that we had never even been behind living there. Like places we, Where we did that the room loft. come we, from? We never, we never even had a loft. There was stuff my previous flatmate had nailed onto the wall we couldn't get off, and it just took forever. He just had, he systematically went through this like 600 point checklist before I could get the hell out of there and finally move up and help you guys uh, unpack up north. And he went to go and walk into the, uh, the garden, and he was about to look in the shed, and I purposely chucked myself off. Do you know what? Like two steps. Yeah, I, I slipped. I slipped myself. And, oh, judge! Like that. And, and I, I slipped. And went, what? What? I went. Listen, before you go in there, I'm going to have to tell you. <laughs> but before he looked in there and looked back at me, I just had to had to get his attention quickly before he looked in there. And went, what the fuck? You know, it was, garden equipment is basically what was in there. But if you went off at about duct tape, it was going to be a problem. So I literally chucked myself on the floor and went, oh, judge! Oh, and then when he got too close to us, I started coughing. I, and he didn't look in the shed? No, he looked in the shed. I just had to break the tension before he went in there. Uh-huh. Okay. But but he didn't go past the bush where I chucked all the dog and, shit. And, <laughs> and luckily, for if anyone is uh, renting property, Rick now owns a property, so he's not back on the renting ladder, so he's not going to fuck you or your shed over. Yeah, um, I forgot there's two different class systems listening to this podcast. <laughs> um where were we? Right. Oh, yeah. So, right. He had his recliner chair. I used to actually own one of those recliner chairs as well. So, um, yeah, I, that's one of the best relationships I've ever had, me in that big blue chair. Um, the dog knows when I'm leaving the room now because I have to press the button to put the feet down so he gets ready so he can sneak out and try and get, <clears throat> to try and get in the kitchen to get another snack for getting out of the kitchen. So if, I, if that comes down, he's just like... <gasps> um, so... He goes into the embassy. He doesn't come out. His wife gets worried, phones a journalist, as we've said. The shit hits the fan. This is how much shit hit the fan. Two days later, 200 journalists are outside the embassy. 
Now, the person who thought up the plan to kill Khashoggi is like, I didn't, mm, I didn't foresee this. Why the fuck did they kill him? There's better ways they could have done away with him. That's the bit I didn't get. They could have run him over, right? Just in the street. Have you seen the drivers in, in Istanbul? It's insane, right? Those, well, it, those roads are deadly. It chops in and out, but basically um, they get to a really interesting part of the documentary, which kind of describes it. Because it, it's chopped up between the murder and the online Twitter stuff. And then the next big reveal is the spyware. Well, yeah, it's called Pegasus. Yeah, but... yeah, from the NSO company. So what happened yeah. is they had the spyware and they had it on Omar's phone and the message yeah. between Omar and think of how they're coordinating against the Saudis and they start to win once they get to number one of where's the bees or whatever. They're, yeah, because they know fire, who the bees whatever are, Whatever the right? fire festival Twitter, Twitter thing is and they're like, right, this is moving on too much. He gets made an example of, I think. And I do think he's a hothead. If from learning about the WWE thing, they kept 25 roided up fucking monsters on a tri- on a plane for 24 hours not letting them off with armed guard to make a point like and that's that's national that's that's going to come out do you know what i mean he's just like no sorry i am the reformist women can drive now but if you look at me wrong you're getting locked up in whatever room yeah. i find you in and whatever happens to you fucking happens because there's just he is they they refer to him as like an old school dictator monarch because you it's his land and you're the serfs that are in his land don't yes, you ever yeah, dare yeah. challenge me and no one's ever challenged him right because they can't and that pegasus software effectively it turns your phone into a listening and a watching device and you don't know about it i mean good luck if they want to put that on my phone i can't even get a i can barely get the phone part of my phone working well, so so the online backlash, and this is the part of the documentary that's not as sad but fascinating and scary at the same time, is um, so they have the, what's the thing in the desert conference for the investors? Davos in the desert. Davos. I didn't think it was dancing. I didn't think it was Theranos. I knew it was close enough. Davos in the desert, and they're talking about getting investment into Saudi Arabia. Huge investment, because that's what back- reformists need, right? Money. Yeah. And they, um, what's it? So, yeah, so everyone's pulling out their money, as I said. All these big public things that they're going to be a part of to put their name on, to put their face on. I've seen snippets of it, obviously, of the stuff I've. Yeah, yeah. They all pull out. And yes. again, for this, the secret guest was going to be Jeff Bezos. Yeah, the owner who, of Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Who, who was announcing a partnership with. Yeah, um, Prince MBS with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Well, they're mates, right? They, th- this is how matey they are. They WhatsApp each other. And then Jeff Bezos, he ghosts MBS. How fucking much money have you got that you can ghost the King of Saudi Arabia? Go fuck yourself, King. I'm Jeff Bezos, mate. We can watch a thousand more documentaries if we find another one when Jeff Bezos is the good guy. Like, yeah. That is that is evil top trumps right there. And so what happens is it starts to come out that Jeff Bezos had an affair. And it's like, well, how did people find this out? Yes. So he gets he gets the very top um IT forensic yeah, guys he gets it. in. Yeah, yeah. And they track it to the spyware that was sent personally by Prince MBS yeah. in a WhatsApp message to him. It's actually from Prince MBS's account. Yes. And it's like 
their little video of their partnership thing. When you hit play, it downloads onto his phone. So his phone then becomes a microphone, everything that happens on it, yeah. and they're in control of it. So they had everything, and they're releasing info on Bezos. And I thought the funniest thing was the text from MBS to Bezos, where he's just like, hey, whatever you're hearing about us isn't true, you know. You'll find out the truth eventually. Like some some guy who's trying to explain to his ex that he was just staying at a friend's house that night. Why are you going on about it? <laughs> well, the thing is, right, if, if Bezos... Now, Bezos owns the Washington Post, who... Jamal Khashoggi Which is, that's works another for, thing. So right? they thought that Bezos would sweep it under the carpet exactly. the same way MBS would. And he and he won't, right? Because he's like, nah, it's a separate division, he goes mate. For the, yeah, it's... He goes for the justice for Jamal. Yeah. So, um, and that's what the Washington Post set up was justice for Khashoggi, yeah. Um, now, if Jeff Bezos, if his phone was hacked, what, what chance do the rest of us have? That's Jeff exactly Bezos. what I was about he's, to say. He's the richest it, guy on the fucking planet, right? And they screwed him over. There was DHL downloads, I can think to a couple. I guarantee everyone's phone is within this Pegasus fucking system. Yeah. So what chance do we have? If they can get to Bezos, they can get to us. That was my exact fucking point. If Jeff Bezos is in there, we're in there. They've got fucking everything. It's, yeah, right? So they're looking at my WhatsApp messages to my sister. Is that what's... And poor bastards, right? And actually, Matt put the Pegasus software within the Chicken People episode. <laughs> so. we, we need these people, Rick. I'm telling you, we need the bees. Or the, or the flies. I don't care. No, just, let's, get, <laughs> let's get our message out there. Hashtag discussing documentaries. That, that um, really is the Newcastle dilemma, isn't it? Do you want the bees or the flies? <laughs> um, Omar Abdulaziz, his brothers are put in prison and then... He talks about it because they're tortured. One of them has all his teeth ripped out. It's fucking brutal. He starts crying. It's horrible. It is absolutely horrible. All his friends are being tortured. His brother's being tortured. And there's nothing he can do about it apart from carry on making YouTube videos, slagging down the people who are torturing his family and friends. But he says, look, if I don't talk out about them, they've won and I'm not going to let them win. Where's the line here? Because yeah. if they got it, you and they started torturing you and said, like, stop doing the podcast or, you know, Rick's going to get tortured some more. I'd be like, oh, fuck it, I quite like Rick. It's funny because right. we're, we're about three weeks away from Matt getting that exact offer. Uh, <laughs> but the thing is, they start, like, this is, I mean, we're going backwards and forwards because it does, it, it kind of chops between this information and what happened to Kasogi and yeah. the Omar story. And they go in and, like, when they're going to Omar going, well... If you're not going to come back now, because obviously he's been nicey nice with him on the phone because he's not that stupid. Yeah. Um, just go and get your passport renewed. Just just go to our embassy. Just in case. You never know. You might yeah. want a holiday in Saudi Arabia you might get, one day. You might, get a tick, you might get the ticket and come back and do your TV show. Just go on in there. They'll give yeah. you your documents. And it's just, man. And it was Jamal who convinced him not to do that. Yeah. And it, yeah, and he says, and again, it's an overload of information that we've just watched. But it's kind of like there's there's messages between Jamal and Omar that is like that's the smoking gun that yeah. killed them, basically. But they, did, and it, but the U.S. guy, right? The, was he in the CIA? He went, yeah, it wasn't a smoking gun that we've got on the Saudi royal family. It was a smoking saw because that's the tool they used to cut up. Uh, They've got the audio of explaining yeah. what, what to do to him, how to kill him, holding him down while being suffocated. They bought a bone saw, a Robert Durst bone saw. Yeah. they. I, I, to be honest, though, cinematically within the documentary, the way they present this in the transcripts, is better 
than having someone listen to it and look at their reaction as they're listening to it. <laughs> you hear that, Werner Hoseg? <laughs> this is you hear that? This is why Brian Fogel is kicking your ass right now. This is All why right? he got the Oscar, Werner. This is why. I think Grizzly Man may have got an Oscar. I, I still get shit off of uh, my German mate for going, yeah, Werner Hotzog. He's he's done some acting as well. Um, the United Nations get involved, right? This is how fucked up this, this whole thing gets. Agnes Kalamage, she's a United Nations reporter, and that's a person who's appointed by an organisation to report on the proceeding of its meetings. And she starts reading out and you start seeing um, transcripts of the killing. They're a tough read, man. They're a- has, the saf- has the sacrificial lamb arrived? Yeah. And then you also see the conference room he's put into, which has cameras on it, so that like you, they're basically implying the prince could have been sat there watching from an evil chair. Yeah. And I've seen what his house looks like due to clickbait during the Newcastle takeover. He's got like, do you know when you have like a corridor down your house, you have like a fish tank in there? He's got, it. it it's sharks. He's got sharks swimming around the fucking, over your head, head as you're going in places. But stuff. he might need them sharks for the oxygen as we found out in Seaspiracy. So, you know, he could be doing a good thing there. Yeah. I'm just yeah, saying, we need to give a balanced view on the Saudi royal family. Balanced view. Balanced view. Good tippers. Don't forget that. Um, now. They released, they released the transcripts, right? And the United Nations went, look, this is these people talking about how they're going to use a bone saw to cut him up. And then President Donald Trump says, well, listen, you know, they, they might not have been connected to the Saudi Arabian regime. They might have been rogue killers. He doesn't say might. He doesn't say might. He says they were, I'm hearing that they're rogue killers. Um, uh, but all you know, killers it, are rogue, aren't they? There's other footage <laughs> of them say because they 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 corner them on uh, John Oliver, which John Oliver shows the footage of the news reporters. Will you just dis and he's like, was Kasoki even a U.S. citizen? And they go, he was. He went, oh. Well, listen, I'm not going to look. I I sold them this helicopter for four million, and that's peanuts to them. And he's he's a secondhand car fucking salesman, man. But everyone, bar the president of the United States, right, is saying that they're guilty, the Saudi Arabian regime. That's the head of the CIA. Listen, um, Matt, let me tell you this. If they're in Bezos's phone, you better believe he sent Trump a picture of tits he clicked on and they're in Trump's phone <laughs> and he is not <laughs> fucking around. Um, but once again, I think we should give a um, a big doff of the cap to the Tur- for the Turks for the investigation they did. Whoa, man. They got the job done, man. They did. And I... Just watching this and just how much everyone's being monitored and how controlled the the messages out there, you kind of take your freedom of speech for granted, right, when you see shit like this. But then on the other hand, you think, it's not freedom of speech either, is it? Hey, you're allowed to shout into a forest as long as no one's listening. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. But um, there's, there's things like, you see them, it's the UN summit. And they start talking, and you see the Saudi delegates just listening on their on their earpieces, and they talk about how they definitely did it. And then they basically have to just look straight ahead and be like, "We will not remove this from our courts. This is a Saudi matter." Yeah, and then, this is and an internal the, problem. We've we've got this one. And then Senzig starts talking, and then they just get up and walk out. I think that was edited to look that way. Yeah, I, think I don't that know as if they, well. Yeah, I don't. I think don't think no. I I don't think it's um. But I do think I, they stopped listening and put on fucking Wham on their um, 
they were listening to Ooty, 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 Ting Tang, Walla Walla Bing Bang on, on their headphones as opposed to as opposed to her. I, I, um, those two guys sat there. How do you deliver justice, right? He's the king of a country. The country has 80% of the world's oil. We need the oil. It's like me and you saying we're not going to use large corporations anymore. But we need our Apple Mac to- uh, laptops, right, or our whatever laptops they are, Dell, because we need to talk to one another on this. We need all the stuff that, you know, is used to run our podcast. We need diesel, right, to get to our gigs, right? 80% of the world's oil comes from Saudi Arabia. What do I go and buy a fucking horse? Is that well, how Congress. I get to the gigs now? If I, if I decide to boycott everything, it, yeah, what do I impossible- do? It's impossible mountain to climb, isn't it? And it's now they're win? heavily armed because they've bought all these fucking weapons from Donald Trump. Exactly. <laughs> and us, we still, that that was one of the main arguments within the Newcastle takeover. It's like, look, you can't say these people, we can't let them have a football club, but they're allowed to buy all of our fucking guns from us. Do you know what I mean? We the, do make some good guns. Why are they uh, buying so many weapons, the Saudis? Well, they're, they're, they're bombing the shit out of Yemen. There's a whole bunch of stuff oh, right. they're doing. They're, they're like ethnically cleansing countries in that area. There's there's a whole posture between there and other countries. And I should yeah, really they're, watch they're... the news. Or you should bring this up in our pre-production meetings. <laughs> Don't make yourself look a complete imbecile, Wills. The Saudis are really bad. Um, but the Congress... I mean, again, it's not... And if you think if we were to go to war... It's a war against one person making the decisions. Like, if you think of all those people that are regular people that live under oppression, those are the ones that are going to be fucking drone struck. Yeah. Those are the ones that are going to, like, have suffer massive losses and casualties. It's those armies of men that are going to go and and women that are going to go and get fucking murdered for this one guy. If my eye says, invite him over to the UK (laughs) embassy. All right. get some toffee havers sit them in a room and just give them a tip of Newcastle United season 1996-97 <laughs> is what you could have won <laughs> but so Congress passed a bill blocking the sales of firearms to the Saudis which is a that's, Fair a, that's play, a positive right? move that is an incredibly move. positive move that's following then, on from the CIA investigation and then Donald Trump issued his veto <laughs> And allowed the sales <laughs> to proceed. Yeah, we really listen. It's a lot of money, guys. No, hang on. They're, they've they've been caught red-handed killing someone, and we're all about freedom of speech. That our entire nation is built on freedom of speech, Mister President. Yeah, but it's a lot of money. Can we just figure out a way to you know elect people who don't do that? across the board you see you see it in Egypt you see it in fucking where, where's Myanmar the fucking gen- can we just work out you know the people that are going to kill 30% of us can we not fucking hire them <laughs> like- but, it, but here's the thing right I think you just doing this podcast with you over the last year there is such a sensitive beautiful side to you you are a saki prick and I, I love that side of you as well but there's a really kind side to you that just when you say certain stuff on this podcast, at times I'm genuinely touched and I get goosebumps when you speak sometimes. I'm like, fucking hell, man, that is absolutely beautiful. But You're not going to you... give me my half of the Podbean money this week, very much. But listen, if you were put in charge of the country, you would do some really shitty stuff. And I know that's not within you, but when you're in charge of the country, 
it will just bring it out of you. I think being in charge of a lot of shit makes you act like a bit of a tyrant. I reckon Boris right. Johnson is probably, you know, before he got into politics, he was probably an all right geezer. He, he wasn't, unfortunately. Again, there's, there'll be some documentaries someday on that fucking... <laughs> like, you're right. Yeah, I, to be honest, that's the thing. Anyone who wants to run the country isn't a good person. Yeah, that's the Obama that, that, quote, isn't it? Anyone who that, wants that, to be in power should be restricted from being in power. Well, I didn't know that was an Obama quote. I'm glad we're on the same lines. I once said a joke that Jason Manford had something similar to, and I thought maybe he's actually going to comedy. Um... <laughs> So who knows? Maybe I can bring change. No, obviously First I don't have the fucking problems. work ethic. But um, yeah, I, I think it's it's the system of it. But I also think there's no there's no real education on politics. You're either one side or you're not. It's trapped like a football team in this country. Yeah, and yeah, we're not going to get into analogy. a political chat because they get fucking brutal between us. Yeah. Um, but so if you were to like, again, reform's a fucking excellent word. If you were to, like, say, listen, these are the people at an early age, if you had classes going, these people are making these decisions in your area. This is the platforms they're on. This is who you're voting for. And then, again, but it's a company, isn't it? It's two companies. It's two parties. If you yeah. don't follow that party line, you don't get to stand at the front and wear the big That's fucking right. badge that says you're the yeah, winner. Yeah. So you have to follow that. So I have no fucking clue. Are you a uh, red or a blue? <laughs> pick, yeah, pick a side. Um, so I, like then, I said, I am. I, I, I didn't realize how left wing I was until I started doing this podcast. To be fair, but I, I will always caveat that with it's very easy to be left wing when you're skint. <laughs> like, and also, I, I will, I will back up that quote by going, I didn't realize how right wing I was until I started doing this podcast. <laughs> I didn't. But just roll in an echo chamber. We we've all yeah. got the conversations we have, and then that's that's that, you know. And again, our opinions—it's into the void. Nothing fucking yeah. matters. Um, but when you look into it, there's there's two sides. There's there's the side that's you know the tiki torch carrying fucking proud boys, racist America, the Tommy Robinsons, the Nigel Farage yeah. shit. And then on the other side, you've got people saying that you can lose your job for the bus company because you used the wrong pronoun ten years ago, <laughs> and they're screaming as well. And you're like, it's almost like which one do I want to be like is what people yes. go near. And then it filters down. Can we get to like, a middle ground? No, you can't. Yeah. Pick a side, red or blue. <laughs> and um, um, you don't know which one's true and which one's false because like there is like yeah. like in Saudi Arabia, which one's the false boss to enrage the other side. There is, I see things like uh, clickbait of saying aliens versus predator is transphobic and should be banned. And that then gets all the right wing nuts annoyed and sending that up as an example of this is what left wing people think. And do you know what I mean? You never hear someone's actual core values or what they're going for because in, in, in essence, we'd probably have the same direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over and on the right, if something charged cost me ten pounds more, uh, you deserve to die because you don't work hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucked. We can't win. I don't think we. I don't think fairness can win. I really, I really don't. I, I, it's fucking miserable. Um, which is, and then this documentary ends, and effectively, uh, you're then hit with, um, just a bunch of information in text. So Saudi Arabia tried eight people. No one is allowed to know who they were or where they went. But three of the suspects were cleared. You, you've got to have some serious yeah. shit on someone to get off and on the that three charge, people, right? One of them's the one carrying the bone saw. Yeah. 
he was the head the, of information. The, oh, how fucking the, the, convenient. If, again, if you love your true crime, your geopolitical thing, this is a great documentary because it shows yeah. you and it's just like, listen, how is this rogue when they, they arrive on the prince's jet? When they have these yeah. transcripts to say this and that, and then they go through it in, in a painstaking detail, and the, and they even have a transcript of someone before he gets there explaining how we're going to cut up the body and yes. where we're going to put it. They employed a specialist to cut up the body and said, yeah, normally we'd hang him, you know, a butcher would hang him from the ceiling because it's easier. This is quite difficult. Yeah, it must be tough, mate. Um, Omar's brothers, right, his YouTube channel is still going well, um, but Omar's brothers and all his mates are still in jail and no charges mm. have been filed. That's yeah, in, Matt's uh, cat's Saudi. not had a phone call yet. <laughs> um, Twitter admitted that it had been hacked and suspended 88,000 accounts from Saudi Arabia who were doing naughty things. 88,000. Jesus. Uh, to date, there have been no global sanctions against Saudi Arabia. Uh, if you want to learn more, take action, make difference, go to thedissident.com. And I've then, got one or two points to make on the end music was very sad, but did you notice the special thanks? He got a whole scene of special, a whole credit of special thanks just well, to I himself. Think you, did you see you that? Missed the last bit of information they give you, did I? which was the G20 summit in 2021 was held in Saudi Arabia, so they're being allowed back. In. Well, they've got 80 percent of the world's oil. They were never removed away from the table. Well, no, because like, the the a lot of people did disavow them. And stuff like that, but the fact that the G twenty is now held, I'm not saying. Yeah, I know. Nothing's happened to them. They yeah. can put eight blokes in prison, right? But those eight blokes, they probably didn't do anything wrong. Those eight blokes were well-tipped bellboys at the fucking embassy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they might not even exist. Yeah, that's yeah, a very we, good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a trial, um, but yeah, the end credits. The special mention, and he got a whole credit to himself, Sean Penn. Sean Penn? Yeah, he got a special thanks. Yeah, how come? And then George Clooney is only mentioned in the general special thanks. I don't know why. I never Google this stuff because I was already depressed. We watched Sea Spiracy yesterday. Yeah, know. yeah. This... And I feel sadder for watching this documentary. And. What do we do now? What do we do now? Like, well, how do you feel some... about your football team now? Well, this is what I was trying to resolve in my mind. So the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund was trying to purchase Newcastle United. We've mentioned that. It then goes to the Premier League, League of Arbitrations, and um, like the approval panel, whether or not it's fit and proper people. Now, the fit and proper people test is a pretty short document, which is to prove you have enough money to purchase a football club. Yep. They, in the bylaws, didn't actually think to put in, oh, if you're an evil fucking king of a country, <laughs> you're not allowed to buy a football club. But they're saying the, um, there's two stumbling points, because I don't think the Kasogi one, because if you think there's not blood in Roman Abramovich's past, you're a fucking madman. Oh, of course. Yeah, the, absolutely. The, the Kasogi murders wasn't really the issue it was a sports piracy thing which uh bn sports is their main broadcast in the model e middle east and then a piracy firm called be out sports just hijacked their <laughs> their feed and they played it on saudi arabian tv and for 10 years when they were emailing and saying you need this taken down the saudis the minute they wanted a football club just said oh sorry you're emailing the wrong department so we didn't answer you 
So they they've pissed off the Premier Genius. League greatly doing that. And then they find a loophole to say that a state can't buy a football club. That is one of the right. things within. But it's not the state that is buying Newcastle United. It is the public investment fund. Right. Okay. Which is similar to uh, Man City. Yes, exactly yeah, similar yeah, yeah. to to Man City. Um, now I'm glad they didn't mention Newcastle United once during this documentary, if I'm honest. But um, yeah, it's you don't want Prince MBS running your club. But I have to be honest; I don't think for one second if the public investment fund bought Newcastle United, would he be running the club? No, I don't think so. And effectively, that money, if you've ever gone on, you know, and if you are against, say, the public investment fund owning Newcastle United and you want to do something about it, so get rid of your car, um, stop using public transport, turn off your heating because there is, in some way, oil was used to build those plastics. Yeah, and this right? isn't this isn't an uh, awesome Get rid point. of this all is kind of, of that. In this fact, is go me and live doing in a mental... Tent. Don't no, not a tent. Go and live in. Um, I see. Those, I see where you're going with it. You know, just disconnect completely. But whatever you do, you can't have any plastics in your life because that here's all the comes thing. from the oil industry it, from Saudi against, Arabia. Against the we don't we can't win. Against the whole takeover thing and seeing how they branded the WWE events, I do think they're going to slap some Saudi propaganda on Newcastle United. <laughs> But if you think 80,000 Twitter trolls are going to shut up those fans if we start losing the way to Everton every week. <laughs> like, you're going to need a big... You and your mates, unlike the rest of the planet, couldn't I bring think... down Saudi Arabia. You I reckon think you and would... your mates No, will? I just think he can't take criticism and it would send him fucking mental. I think, that, you know, you're going to have YouTubers disappearing because the guy... I think you're going to have managers that won't walk away from their compensation. I'm looking at you, Steve Bruce, sitting on four million when you get us relegated. <laughs> I I think you're gonna. I think Mario Pochettino was in a fucking basement over the summer waiting to sign a contract. Yeah, maybe. So would uh, see. I'm more now. I'm so confused about whether I'm for or against. Uh, let's just what talk I'm about the documentary. Is, is talk- the Rocky Four of? If you can change, <laughs> then I can change. <laughs> Everybody can change. You Maybe the sport of football can bring us all together. You, The minute you quote Rocky to me, I'm in. Um, <laughs> right, give us... I, I adore Stallone. Um, give me your score. I'm giving this a 4.5. This is about as in-depth as it fucking gets. It's, it was short. It was... Wasn't the easiest thing to follow, but man, does that show you about how the world has been fucking ran in the light? Yeah. Because you know the Twitter bots, the fact Jeff Bezos's phone is hacked. I mean, let's be honest. Like, God, how many? Yeah. M- yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if it's just me, but my fucking Facebook Messenger message requests is just nothing but click here, please. I want you to show me fucking boobs. And how many of those are that kind of fucking spyware coming through? All that kind of stuff. Mine was click here. I were. I want you to see my boobs. Until, That's just because you weren't messaging me back, Matt. Well, no, until February, when I turned 50, it's now about retirement homes and funeral care plans. My whole feed has changed completely. One Click day, here, I'll tell you if your day. prostate's okay. Yeah. <laughs> the boobs have gone now. It's all about that. Um, 
but we've we've had a bit of a joke about it. But I will say, Sarah is not wrong that these people are immoral and shouldn't run a football club. I just think Mike Ashley is also immoral and shouldn't run a football club, and I think these guys would be better at it. But that's a, that's a hard watch for someone no, who's in yeah, yeah. for um, this man to buy their favorite thing. I got if MBS yeah. wanted to buy this podcast, I'd be very hard inclined to sit in order. <laughs> that would be tough, right? If he came in and made an offer where me and you, if he if he goes for the ten pounds and starts to make us do documentaries <laughs> about how Kasogi was a piece of shit. <laughs> That like, would we be should have raised the tariffs. It? Well, we did. We did say that was in the rules. We've checked it, and it, it doesn't say in the uh, Patreon rules that estates can't join the Patreon. Matt's going to go into his living room now, and the guy who tipped him in the hotel is just sat there in the dark with a, a shisha <laughs> hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> Hello, Mister McCall. Hello, Matthew. Two red notes on the side of his lazy boy going. We need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Did I ever tell you I um when I worked in that hotel one night, uh, for a couple of nights actually, I got drunk with an arms dealer. Yeah. Fascinating man. Absolutely fascinating. Yeah, he was an arms dealer. Proper, you know, Nicholas Cage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but again, this is in London, so anyone after three drinks pretends they're a hell of a lot cooler than what they are. Well, yeah. He probably sold a BB gun on the market. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I can get you an AK forty seven. What do you need? Um, so that's 4.5 from me, 4.5 from Rick. That's nine. That's not bad. Uh, this if is you... why it's up there for one of the best documentaries of the year. Brian Fogel, man. That guy knows what he's doing. And I didn't have to see any fucking whales with their throats cut on this one. So that oh, got an extra yeah. point for me. Yeah. Fucking sea spiracy. We are doing dog groomers, chicken people too tomorrow. I'm telling you. Right. Thank you very much. Matt's going to find out the dog groomers <laughs> is actually about people abusing dogs on, on and luring yeah, them online. That would, that would break my heart, wouldn't it? With promises of whale treats. The, the picture they had all funny colored hair. Um, thank you very much for downloading this episode. Uh, without you, we are nothing. So thank you very much. Uh, goodbye. Rick, say goodbye. Uh, thank you very much, and uh, no hard feelings to Sarah. <laughs> Sarah! Sarah. <laughs> Jesus, we're... Courtney Love as well, she's fine.